This episode is mostly about awkward situations at board game nights and a little about Google's growing pains as a device manufacturer. So I'm hanging out at the board game cafe with my roommate and my friend. And it's about half an hour until closing and she invites some internet random into our game. Because that's the kind of thing that she does. She tells people on the internet where she is. From now on, I'm just going to call her Vivian. It isn't her name, but it could be. Vivian's internet random stops by and he seems a bit awkward and uncomfortable. But he's from the internet. That's normal. He jumps into our game, chats her up a bit, and then he leaves when the game shop closes. That's all fine. But the next day, I get a message from someone on OkCupid, and it says, Well, that was awkward. And at this moment, it hits me that this is some dude that I was talking to a while back, and he had hit me up that very evening asking if I was busy. And I had no idea, because to be honest, everyone just kind of blurs together after a while. I barely actually meet anyone, and when I do, it never goes anywhere because of my deep-seated and troubling issues with commitment. So I hadn't recognized this guy, and I hadn't checked his messages, so I had no idea that he was even thinking of hanging out. Vivian and I get to talking about how bizarre that must have been for him. You've got to think about it. He's chatting up two girls on the internet, he gets invited out by one of them, walks in, and they're both there, with their friends. And just to set the stage, the only people in the board game cafe at this point were people I knew. Even the people who worked there were our friends. Later, he sent me a message asking me out and saying he was only interested in Vivian as a friend. Shot himself right in the foot there and completely misread the situation. Because Vivian was DTF, and I already was not interested. Because it wasn't just that he asked if I would be interested. He asked if he would create any roommate drama by asking me out instead of her, while he was still acting a little interested in her. And it tickles me, it does, that people think that they can create drama between established friends simply by the virtue of their existence. But that's not all. The very next day, I go to a board game night the next town over. And this is where you realize that the geeky circles in red states are just a little too small. Because after the board game event, I got a message. Were you in Edmond? And I was. Apparently someone else I was talking to on OkCupid was actually at the same board game event. They had connected the pieces and realized that it was me. So this is where I get a bit personal, and you know, it'll come back to haunt me someday, but I'm fine with that. Because even though I'm theoretically dating people, I'm actually really hung up on one person specifically, as is normal for me. Which means realistically, no one has an actual chance with me, I'm completely emotionally unavailable. But because literally no man in my age range in American culture is willing to commit to a real relationship, I can't just be in a relationship. I have to keep trying to meet other people. And it's put me in this really uncomfortable zone, because every time I meet someone, I feel like I'm cheating. But it's also gotten to the point where I've been theoretically single long enough that all the eligible single men apparently have already talked to me and, well, either been ignored or shut down by me. So now I get to just run into them in the wild, and that's great. The reality of the situation is that in my entire life, I've only wanted to actually date four people. And I dated just those four people. That's how I am. It's really not that I'm a complete bitch. The problem is that I've only ever wanted to be with people that I know well. I can't be attracted to or even interested in someone until I've been friends with them for a while. The culture of on-demand dating doesn't work for me. And it's pervasive today. People I've met once or twice just aren't real. But speaking of things that are purely theoretical, let's segue into talking about Google's hardware support. This requires some brief explanation, and I realized that this sequence of events was totally my fault. But I purchased a Google Pixel as an early adopter because I love Google and I want Google in every aspect of my life. I don't even care that they're our future evil overlord. 
I welcome this. But within two weeks, the glass on the back shattered. If you've looked at the pixel, it has a completely useless pane of glass in the back, purely cosmetic. I didn't drop it or anything, it just fractured at the corner, and that's when I found out something really interesting. First, I called Verizon, and they said they couldn't do anything because Google didn't have it logged as a known issue that these things can just shatter. They understood it wasn't my fault, but it was just nothing that they could do anything about. So I called my insurance company because I also have insurance on this device. And they said they couldn't do anything because Verizon's insurance policy, Asurion, only works if the phone isn't working. It doesn't work for cosmetic issues. And even if it was not working, they won't actually repair a phone. They will only replace the entirety of the device. So then I called Google support. And they said they couldn't do anything because it wasn't a manufacturing defect. At least not one that they had yet logged. So I asked them if there were any repair shops or options and they said they could call you break iFix, their only certified repair shop. At some point, instead of Google actually creating their own repair shops, they contracted a third party already extant repair shop called you break iFix. So I called them and they told me that the glass breaking is a known issue to them. The representative, who is a completely lovely guy, told me that he's seen the glass break when someone just put the phone down on a granite countertop. Not dropped it, just put it down. But for some reason, Google hasn't acknowledged the issue yet. So there was nothing that they could do for me except replace the entire case and charge me for replacing the case. And they further told me that their closest location was in Texas, 200 miles away from me. So to summarize, the Google Pixel has a known issue with its back glass panel, but the only way that I can get it repaired is to ship it to Texas and get it repaired at a personal cost of $149.99. Either that or I can get a complete replacement device. And what about other third-party repair shops? None of them have the parts, and if I do get the parts through them, eventually, I void both my warranty and my insurance policy. So, that's it for early adoption. Alright guys, have a fantastic night. Tune in Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. Central, and follow me on Twitter at jkiloindia and on the web at cyborgdingo.com.